0: You know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Of course you know what time it is. It's Tim. It's New York Giants Straight Talk time. Oh, got an interesting show today. I just want to have cover one topic today and one topic only, and that's the center position. That's the New York Giants offensive line. That's what they can do to make it the center of attention. Because you know what? I think I think it's a position that um, is overlooked greatly. The center, and I've talked to some people that uh, have worked in the league and one that still works in the league. I'm going to get into that conversation in a moment, but I always think of the scene of... A huge problem on the O-line, coach. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's because the defensive line is so spectacular. No, no. Sometimes the defensive line isn't spectacular, and sometimes we have had issues with the offensive line. A lot of people will say, but Tim, you you know, you know, never say that. It's always Daniel Jones' fault. It's never It's the really offensive line's fault. No, there's plenty of times it's the offensive line's fault. And the problem is, it always... It always comes back to me in the center, and it's that center of attention. It's that guy in the middle. It's the guy that you know has the most opportunity to get a hold of the ball, along with the quarterback. It's a gentleman that has that all important exchange with the quarterback. And of course, we're always talking about the center position. And I, I, I just, I just find it interesting that the Giants, unless you go back to like uh, what's his name, Richburg, uh, was taken in the second round years ago. Uh, the Giants have not really had, I would say, a high quality center. I mean, yeah, unless you're going back to old and olden days. And even 1986 is old with Bart Oates. I mean, the Giants have had good centers, but they've never. I would. I would say in the recent history, in the last 20 years, have not had high quality centers. And as I mentioned before, I'd spoken to people that are still in the league. uh, One still in the league. Two have retired. And I asked them in the draft. I always talk about, you know, positional value in the first round i've always i've always mentioned that i always bring that up because it's it's a term i heard back in 2003 and it's always stuck with me it's positional value and i asked them what positions have the most value in the draft and everyone number one was uh, number one was quarterback number two i was a little surprised back a little surprised about uh it was cornerback but then you kind of think about it it was you know if you don't if you don't have a great quarterback And you do have a great quarterback. What do you need to stop that great quarterback? You need to stop it with a cornerback. So I understood that. Uh, The next positional value that I was told was going to be left tackle. And then so on, so on, so on. We're not going to go down the whole list. But the very bottom, and I'm talking about people that actually play the game. I'm not talking about the old joke that I always tell. I always say, uh, what do you call a person? What do you call a guy that hangs out with football players? A punter hey I'm not talking about special teams. I'm talking about positional, And everyone's list numbered, the last one on the list was center. And I went back and I looked. And I had the crack staff, and we're going to pull up the names. Right here. I had the crack staff take a look, and I'm going to pull up my sheet right now. In the la- Going back to 2006, 2006 we're going back, there has been, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten centers taken in the first round, going back to 2006. Now if you count the number of first round picks that you have and then you times that by the years which is 16 years, you're taking a look at having only, you have three. Wait, wait. Let's see. What, what was the total? I I already forgot. I already forgot the total. My crack staffs. So I mean the information. Sixteen years times thirty two picks equals five hundred and twelve picks. So you've had five. You've had ten guys in, in the center position taken in the first round at a five hundred and twelve picks. That's that's. If you take a look at that list, that's a that's 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 something big to look at, you know. And uh, Tyler Lindenbaum well, was taken last year, twenty fifth overall. And then you got uh, what's his name Ruiz when went to the Saints in 2020 and 19. You know you got uh, Garrett Bradbury and, and the list goes so on and so on and so on. You have some good players on the list. You actually have two players which I would consider possibly be Hall of Famers on this list. And you got you got some guys that are just kind of there. Now, if you take a look at the entirety of the draft, and we're not we're not going to pull it up completely, but I, I should. But hold on, we got to pull up. I'm going to pull this up. Uh, let's see here. If I go to my list, if you go to draft history list. And again, my crack staff sent me all this information. Uh, I'm not going to put this all up on the screen because there's, there's too many people going on. If you go back from 2006 and 2005 and you continue to go back... You don't see it, 2004, you don't really see a guy that are really taken at the center position. Unless you go back to Jeff Fain back in 2003, he was taken 21st overall. So the positional value has never been there for the center position. But the problem is, it is one of the most important positions on the field. If you cannot send the ball back to your quarterback, if you miss going into the shotgun, and you send it over his head, and of course we're not going to talk about... um, Special teams, because there's a long snapper. But if you don't have a guy that has the ability to make the, the line adjustments, has the ability to communicate with the entire offensive line, is smart enough to do these things and man the middle, you have problems. And I think looking at the draft, the value, like I said, the positional value right now in the NFL is not there. In the last, I would say going back to 15, you're seeing more and more centers taken in the first round, but you're not seeing that plethora of them. You're seeing, if you go back to this, if I'm going back to my main list and looking, you see mainly a lot of second, third rounders, mainly fourth, fifth, and sixth rounders being t- being taken at that center position. Now, the New York Giants are... are are no different than any NFL team. You need that center. You are paying Daniel Jones X amount of money to be the guy. If you were the Giants and you were Shane, if you're the Shane, wouldn't you want to find a way to get that guy that can help your quarterback, can help him maturate, help him go to the next level? Wouldn't you want to find that guy? You're not really going to find him in the free agent market. He lost Nick Gates, and like I said, Nick Gates to me was never a true center. Nick Gates was a center playing, I mean, guard playing center. Um, I mean, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with Nick Gates, but he took eight, he was not worth 18 million ago, 18 million dollars to go to Washington. You have John Feliciano, but he does not harken me back to the days of yore with the giant centers. You have to, find, you're not going to find someone I think of quality and free agency. I do think you're going to have to go the route of the draft. Now I was looking at the centers at the draft, and I, I, and some of the guys I came up with maybe not they might not be the guys that you would think about. They may not be the guys that you would sit there and say, "Hey, you know what? They, you know these are these are guys that I really you know these are guys that they may not be first round picks. They may not be second round picks. They may fall in between second to five. But these are guys to me that fit the Giants mold. They fit the system. They fit what they need to, or what the Giants want to do." And I, and I think that's, um, that's going to be the biggest issue for the Giants. It's not just going to be finding the guys that you, you – know, it's going to be finding not only the right player, but the right guy that's going to fit into the system. And I think that's kind of what we're going to look at. The first one we're going to talk about right, right now is going to be Jared Patterson out of Notre Dame. Again, this is a guy that's probably you know not going to be on most people's radars. He's not as high on the list as some of these other centers. But he's a guy that if you take a look at the way he has played – He shows fundamental good quickness. He's got great. I wouldn't say great, but he's got good flexibility on his reach blocks. And he's got enough range if you want him. And it's going to be interesting because the Giants run a lot of play action rollout. If you want to have him pull, he can do that. He's a guy that, like I said, may not have the most amount of talent, but he's fundamentally sound. He's disciplined he understands the way to move in the pocket. He understands his leverage. He's a guy that's got a little bit of a taller frame and he's a guy that you probably can grab I would say in the 5th round. He's 6'5", 306. So he's going to have to try to bulk up. He's going to have to try to bulk up a little bit. And I think that that's kind of going to be you know where he's he's going to have to find so he's going to have to find some weight on that frame. He's a high-end motor, he's a high-end motor guy. He doesn't quit. You know, they always say it's it's a Notre Dame player, so he's going to be competitive. He's going to have that Notre Dame positive attitude, and you know, he's to me he has one of the things that coaches had talked about at Notre Dame ad nauseum about him is his leadership qualities. And like I said, it may he may be a work in progress a little bit, but like I said, he is a guy that if you're moving him into the interior of the line, I think will fit the Giants' scheme. Um he's I, I, what's a nice way to say it he's when you look at the way he is as a pass protector he's a little raw right now and it's going to be interesting to go with someone like him because the fact that you have so much inexperience or so much uh, uncertainty at the guard position cuz your your guards are going to have to your guards are going to have to help your center um he can struggle at times you know to to really engage his blocker and like i said with his slight of frame is he the most powerful guy no, he's I, I would say he's not the most I would say he's not the most powerful guy in the world but I do think he's a guy that you can bring in and I do think he's a guy that fits the system and I think he's a guy with that raw innate ability plus the fact like I said he's just one of these guys that people love that he's a leader the other person I like is out of Wisconsin of course it's Joe Tippmann. uh six foot six 13, uh, 313 pounds six foot six though this is one of the this is one of the problems with Joe. He's six foot six. There is going to be a propensity to move him into the guard position because of that height. He is that six foot six is at times can be considered very tall for a center. But this guy at six foot six, 317 pounds in the middle of that field. He's a freaking mauler. He, he, he was a mauler. He was a shot caller. 24 inch rims on the Impala. He is this guy. That is just big. He's powerful. He's got the big oven mitt hands. He got You get those hands on. You were on the inside. They always see you get inside the tits and hold in there. He's one of those guys that can do that. He's strong, but he's flexible, which I think is interesting. He can anchor the line. He is another guy that is a high motor guy. He's a guy that, again, if you want to pull him as well, he can work on. You could pull him out of that position if you're going to do a play action rollout. He plays well in space. like they, they always use that word. They plays well in space. Of course he's going to play well in space. He's a center. But he's an extremely polished pass blocker. He is a very fluid pass blocker. He is a guy that, like I said, he gets his big oven mitts on you. He is going to wreck you. This guy, in reference to strength, 635 pounds on the back squat, 455 pounds on the bench press. That means he's strong. <laughs> that means he's a big guy. And like I said, he's fluid. He's agile. I think he he clocked. I think it was uh, 4-3-1 a four three one as pro uh, his pro agility time at the uh, you know. So I mean at the combine, so he can move. Like I said, his biggest issue is going to be that he is tall for the position. They're either going to want to move him into the guard, or honestly, they're probably going to shift him out to tackle. And because of his height, which is kind of interesting to say, he often plays a little too high. And he allows speed rushers to kind of knock him off balance and get around him. But if you put him in the center, I don't need to worry about that unless you're going up against someone like Aaron Donald or Dexter Lawrence. At 317, I would like to see him get up about 330. I'd like to see him build up some more stamina, build up some more muscle, build up some more mass. Oh, his and like a, kind of going back to how he falls in speed fall, fails against speed rushers. His I would say his footwork is not phenomenal, but again, it's one of those things that if you put him and anchor him in the center of the line, I just need him to be the, I need him to be the wrecking ball. I need him to go forward. He is a good athlete. He's another guy that's, he's another guy that's got got that, he's got that moxie about him. He's got that little bit of Jonathan Moxon in him. Probably going to go in the third round, maybe third or fourth round, but could project even a little bit higher depending on how the draft drops. And I think the draft is going to drop, in- interestingly, because, like I said, I think there's going to be a run of quarterbacks at the top. The last player I want to talk about is the Arkansas Razorback is Ricky uh, Rick, uh, Ricky Stromberg. Um, Ricky, 6'3", 306. You know what? The, you got to notice that all these guys are, are a little bit undersized. I'm not saying they're small, but you would like to see your guy get around three twenty three thirty five. 335. He is another guy that has got a high... And like I said, this is the thing I'm talking about with these centers. They may not be the most physically talented that some of the other players, but they're high football IQ guys. They understand how to set protections. They know how to make the line calls. They know how to make the adjustments. This is another guy, if you talk to the guys in Arkansas, is extremely popular with not only all the players, but the coaches because he is a leader. He consistently finishes blocks, which is something that you need. He will knock your... You know, <laughs> you know. I hate to use a phrase, but you, you use it all the time. You like, use it all the time. Him, he'll knock your dick in the dirt. That's the kind of guy he is. He shows good awareness. He's got good reaction time. He can hold the line against stronger and bigger guys, de- defensive linemen. He's physical. Let's get physical. Physical. He is just one of these guys. He's he's another one that's a grappler. He should be a wrestler. I don't know. Maybe he is a wrestler. He's a mauler in the running game. He, he's got a little... You know, I like him cuz he's got a little bit of nasty. He's got a little bit of freak nasty in him. He's limited in reference to his experience playing center. He 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 needs to gain uh you know some more experience. He he'll, he'll learn he'll learn more as he goes in the position. Is he the be- the other two gentlemen are better athletes? Is he a good athlete? No. I wouldn't say he's a good athlete. I wouldn't. I would say he was above average athlete. But again, he's a center. I'm locking him in the line in the middle. I want him to sit there and anchor that middle line. I. You know how you have your D, your nose tackle back in the days of y'all. You're sitting there and being your anchor. That's what I want him to be. I want him to anchor the line. I want him to be that big presence in the middle. I want him to be the hog Molly. He just needs to understand how to play within his space. He doesn't really, I wouldn't say he has the best agility out of all the others. But like I said, I think he can be effective and I think he can be consistent. And I think that's what you need to look at. I think that's what you need to look at. If you're looking at this center position, he's probably going to go later in the draft. You may grab him at five, fifth round. You could grab him in the sixth round. I'm thinking, I don't think he's going to get past the sixth, but I'm not saying he is a project pick, but I'm saying he is a guy that you can get at a certain level and he's a guy that you can get and work with because, again, he's got the football acumen, He's got the football IQ. He's a hard worker. He's a guy that fits that unselfish center mold. So hopefully those are just a couple of names that I've been bandied about. We're bringing back the On the Mic segment next week. We've got four new people that are signed up to do it. Uh, it should be a lot of fun, so I hope everyone stays tuned and enjoys that. And again, this is Tim. This is New York Giants Straight Talk, and I'm out of here.